dulcet tones of Herb Alpert and friends means it's time for another edition of Fangraphs Audio. Hello, I'm Carson Stooley, Fangraphs contributor. On this edition of the pod, I talk to Jeff Young. If you're the sort of person who uses the internet and likes baseball analysis, you've almost definitely heard of Jeff Young. Mr. Young either currently contributes or has contributed in the past to the Hardball Times, Baseball Prospectus, and he also maintains DuckSnorts.com, which is the San Diego Padres-centric blog of the Sweet Spot Network. And it is, in fact, the San Diego Padres about which Mr. Young and I talk in what follows. Literally, as we speak, the San Diego Padres are in the midst of a tense and surprising playoff run. I asked Mr. Young to comment not only on the nature of the current playoff run, but also how it unfolded, and additionally, what its implications will be for the Padres' offseason and their future. Here's my interview with Jeff Young on Fangraphs Audio. Yes, it is uh, another episode of Fangraphs Audio. If I've done my job correctly in the introduction, uh, you, the listener, almost definitely know that our guest today is Jeff Young. Jeff Young is the proprietor of Duck Snorts, a, uh, a San Diego Padres-centric blog, a member of the Sweet Spot Network. He also contributes regularly to Hardball Times, has also contributed to Baseball Prospectus, and is a resident of the uh, the beautiful city of San Diego. Is this is this Jeff Young, sir? Uh, that it is. That is good. All right, good. Uh, th- that's our. That's already an accomplishment for this particular podcast. Uh, just to know that the guest is there. So I feel like we're 95% of the way along. Um, well, good, uh, Jeff. Uh, I, I think it'll probably be obvious somewhat to you and uh, to to the listeners um, why you're on. It's because uh, the San Diego Padres find themselves in a uh, in a playoff hunt currently. Um, as we speak, and hopefully, um, though I've not always known for this, hopefully I've gotten this pod uh, posted to the website in a reasonable time, a reasonable amount of time. Uh, but as we speak, uh, the San Francisco Giants have lost on Wednesday night, and the, uh, the Padres are in the middle of a game. Uh, in fact, they are in the top of the seventh, winning uh, 3-1 at Los Angeles. Um, now, the, I, I want to definitely get to the current pennant race, but I also sort of want to frame it by looking uh, at the season, uh, the Padres season as a whole. And um, my guess is that you've sort of been um, on the front lines of that particular season. Uh, if you would, join me in a uh, uh, time machine to go back all the way back to, say, uh, February or March. I want to get a sense from you as a as an interested Padres fan also one who's uh, statistically oriented symmetrically oriented what was your kind of read of the season uh, before it started because um, I think that'll give us an idea of kind of the surprises that have unfolded along the way yeah well um, I kind of figured that it would be a, I, I really figured that this would be a repeat of, uh, of last year um, I had a peg to win about somewhere between 72 and 75 games um, I, I was bold enough to pick the Padres to finish fourth in the National League West ahead of Arizona. Uh, uh, a lot of people laughed at me for that, but that's okay. I'm, I'm used to it. Um, and uh, and yeah, I, uh, my my upper limit for this team was about 85 wins, uh, which I think if they win tonight, that puts them at 85. Um, th- and for that to happen, I had said they needed. Uh, 
they needed a big comeback here from Chris Young, and they needed uh, Kyle Blanks and Everett Cabrera to continue their development and step up big time. And uh, spot on, well, Jeff Young. Oh, for three. So yeah, I, I don't know. It, this is uh, this has definitely been a big surprise. Yeah, and now um, you 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 probably remember this better than I, but I think that uh, well, of course, this is the first season with new GM uh, Jed Hoyer. Uh, mm-hmm. In Jed Hoyer's pedigree, I, I believe he's a uh, he's a sort of one of these guys from the the Red Sox front office, right? He was sort of an uh-huh. uh, yeah. underling. Sounds um, uncomplimentary, but but he's had a couple of guys come out of that system and become GMs or assistant GMs other places. Right, right. And um, you know, Kevin Towers, uh, I think for all intents and purposes, was actually pretty successful as a GM of a team. But coming into this season, they had both uh, finance, they had sort of, sort of uh, some leftover financial trouble, and refresh my memory about that. And they also had a new GM, yep. so I imagine those were influencing your predictions. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, with with the ownership transition um, uh, from the uh, Morses to the Mora Garfinkel group, uh, you know, there was a lot of uh, there was a lot up in the air about the uh, finances and in terms of how how much they were going to be able to. Uh, Fork over for for talent, basically, um, and you know we went into this year knowing pretty well that they would be at about 40 million, which I think they're actually a little bit under that. Um, and in fact, only the Pirates have a lower payroll this year in, in all of baseball. Um, so yeah, there was there was sort of the expectation that uh, uh, there there wouldn't be any major positive changes in terms of uh, influx of talent um, and in fact there were a lot of expectations that uh, guys like Adrian Gonzalez and Heath Bell would be shipped off to the whichever big market team back east uh, got offered the most I guess and uh, obviously that sort of never unfolded um, you know Hoyer made a few minor moves here and there uh, I guess probably the big one would have been uh, Signing John Garland, that was probably in terms of money the biggest deal, which I think was about a little over five million for a year and, and a, a mutual option for next year. Um, and he, you know, he made a little, he made some, uh, he made the uh, Kevin Kuzman off for um, Scott Harrison and Aaron Cunningham trade, which freed up uh, Chase Headley to move back from left field into third base. And then he and then he made a couple of other really uh, what at the time seemed really minor uh, free agent signings, but that have turned out to be. And and I I hesitate to I, I don't I don't know exactly what to say about this because um, I think these guys have provided the dreaded veteran leadership that I can't quantify. But uh, but guys like Jerry Harrison Jr. Uh, Yorvit Tarialba and uh, Matt Stairs, although uh, Stairs spent most of the season not doing anything, but he's really come on late. Um, and even right down to signing guys uh, for depth uh, uh, in the minor leagues, like a Kristen Orfia. Um, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is, is that what's impressed me about Hoyer so far is a lot of what impressed me about Kevin Towers, which is the attention to detail. Uh, when you don't have the luxury of being able to Outspend your mistakes. Uh, you, there's a tendency to make uh, make everything count, uh, and and you know Towers did that a couple years ago when he he brought in a guy like uh, Jody Garrett who was under everybody's he was probably off of everybody's radar, um, and he came out and had a had a real nice season for us. And you know Denorfi was kind of that way f- 
uh, sunk Padres, Padres this year, and it's a, there's a very nice parallel there. Um, so, it, you know, all that being said, there's there's still no way I I, I really didn't see this coming at all. Um, well, yeah, and I, um, I, I guess the thing is too, one of the things that um, uh, that I've noticed about teams is not so much, um, you know, one of the ways you can dramatically improve a team is by you know play, plugging in an average player where there was a considerably below average, you know, below replacement level player maybe even. And, and that certainly happened with the Padres in uh, right field with Brian Giles. Right. Uh, because if I'm remembering correctly, he was terrible both at the plate and the field last year. Yeah, he had a rough year. Um, and they've sort of, um, I guess, solved that with a combination of what, Denorfia, Cunningham, and Venable have kind of all taken their turns out there? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So let me ask you this though, as a as a fan and you know guy who's following the team pretty constantly, about when did you start to figure out that the team was a doing well and b might be able to sustain it at some level? Um, I I think I think it probably really hit me um, probably around the All Star break when when I actually had a little time to think about it and and, and look at things and say, huh, you know, this is. Um, this is not a bad ball club. Um, you know, I, I had a, I had some sense that the bullpen would be fairly strong, um, but of course the bullpen can be as strong as it wants, and without the starting pitching, it doesn't really matter a whole lot. And the starting pitching last year, uh, the names of guys we had in the rotation last year, it, it you know, it, it was I really I didn't see. I just didn't see that. Um, Did uh, Ismael I mean, Valdez start for you guys last year? It wasn't it wasn't last year, but it might as well have been. I mean, it, we had you know we had guys like Josh Gear and Walter Silva, and you know I mean it, who right? I mean so, um, you know it, I, I finally around the All Star break I started looking at it and I said okay the bullpen's doing what it should be doing. The hitters always are. You know, everybody's always complaining about the offense here, but that's Petco Park. There's nothing that can be done about that, and it's always way overblown, um, just because of the nature of the park and park factors and whatnot. But the thing that surprised me was the quality of the starting pitching. Um, you know, Matt Latos, I knew the guy, or I had a really good idea the guy was going to be a stud, but I did not see it coming this quickly. Um, you, you just can't expect a 21 year old kid to come out and be a pitch at a near Cy Young award level, um, it, it's not reasonable, uh, but that's what he did for most of the season until he, he sort of seems to have hit a wall here. But, uh, you know, and a guy like Clayton Richard came in, and he was acquired in the Jake Peavy deal, and he's, yeah, it's, I mean, it's hard to imagine, but there's, he, he's pretty much been out there every uh, fifth day, and uh, I don't want to say he's replaced Peavy, but I, he. Uh, given PV's injury now, I mean, it, it, it's a it, it was a very pleasant surprise, and uh, you know, uh, Garland's been pitching better than I probably expected him to. He's actually been a little bit better than the average, which uh, I mean, you know, you, you basically know what you're getting with him, but he's been a little bit better even than I expected. Um, Wade LeBlanc was doing a real good job for most of the year, and and even Chris Young has come back and made a couple starts. So, um, but but yeah, round about the All Star break, I, I started looking at that and saying, well, wait wait a minute, maybe. Now, I, th- I think these starting pitchers, with the possible exception of Latos, are pitching over their heads, but but they might not be quite as bad as I thought they were. Um, and at that that point, I started to think maybe maybe they can maybe they can go 500. 
<laughs> right, so 500. So, but so, now were they in first place uh, at the All Star break? Uh, oh gosh, that seems so long ago. I think they were. Yeah, okay, or, or close to it, we'll say. I mean, certainly above. Yeah. Uh, I'm pretty uh, sure they were. I, you know, both the fourth place uh, that you had uh, sort of pegged them for, and then definitely the fifth place that. Uh, I think that you know smart people uh, in the, in the world of baseball you know play them for not which isn't to, of course to imply that you're not smart that would be ridiculous of me um, but so the thing is and I'm sort of sort of wondering you know your read of it both as fan and analyst since then right so since then my my guess is and you can you know, feel free to correct me or certainly elaborate upon it uh, you've seen them at some points get a, a relatively firm hold of first place my my guess is you probably started to get used to that idea um, and then the last couple of weeks here um, you know both with um, I think there was a 10 game losing streak right. coupled, coupled with you know the Giants playing at least something like 500 ball and then the Rockies um, you know making like a crazy run from 11 games out I think just at the end of August can you kind of take me through that whole process, like maybe getting used to them being good and then seeing it slip away when you probably didn't deserve that feeling in the first place? Yeah, yeah, that was a really strange phenomenon because um, <laughs> they were they were up six games and uh, there was definitely a little bit. Um, I, I don't want to say on the t- part of the team, but for sure for me as as a fan, uh, there was a bit of complacency. I mean, I, I was definitely. You know, feeling pretty good about the team. I was looking at it. I was, I was just, you know, I, I was thinking, wow, this is amazing. Their, um, you know, their Pythagorean record is better than it was in '98 when they went to the World Series. That's crazy. Um, you know, and things, things of that nature. And, uh, and oh wow, but, you know, they haven't lost more than three games in a row all year long. And then of course, they <laughs> lost ten. Right. Um, thankfully, the Giants. I mean, you know, they closed the gap, obviously, but they were down six. They they could have blown right past the Padres at that point, and thankfully they didn't. Um, the Rockies, of course, who were my preseason pick to win the division, um, and with Tulowitzki healthy and destroying every object in sight, uh, it that became a real concern. I, I looked at the Rockies, and um, I mean, thank goodness the Dodgers came back and beat them on Sunday because that that was going to drop the Padres into a uh, into a second place tie, and I, you know, when they got up to that like five nothing lead or whatever, I thought, oh boy, <laughs> it's 2007 all over again. Right, and the I Rockies think, uh, gonna... <laughs> you know, and I think uh, I don't. I, I've looked at it the last couple of days here, in ter- as far as base runs go. I think actually the Rockies are uh, maybe second or third in, in the entire major leagues. I mean, I remember, I think even yeah. writing about them about a month and a half ago, and saying uh, something to the effect of. Oh, you know, like this is just um, this is just you know what variation, random variation looks like. You know, the Rockies yeah. are one of the best teams by base runs, but uh, you know they're 11 games out now. There's no way they could contend. That, that's a ridiculously talented ball club, and I'm just I'm just glad that you know they didn't have the services of Tulowitzki the whole year and and had a few other breaks not go their way. Um, yeah, they when they made that charge, and I it's not over yet, obviously, but um, but. There's at least a little bit of breathing room right now, but that team, man, I don't. I'm not going to count them out until that last game is played. They, they just, they, they bother me. Well, yeah. Well, <laughs> well let's talk about that though. I mean, because we have, uh, I mean, you know, we have very few games left. We have, um, you know, maybe ten days uh, right. left in the season, and it's, you know, 
um, I'm not, I don't, I'm not going to say it's anyone's. Uh, it's up to anyone's grabs. Uh, of course, the, Di- the Dodgers and the Diamondbacks are certainly out of it. And then um, right. Atlanta is also a consideration for the wild card uh, in the yeah. NL East. Uh, if you had to, uh, and of course your preseason predictions with Chris Young and, and Kyle Blanks were uh, spot on. So, uh, or alternatively, maybe you could just make a prediction and, and we'll guess that the exact opposite happens. But I'm curious as to how you see the rest of the season unfolding. Oh God! <laughs> yeah, boy, are you asking the wrong guy? Uh, <laughs> um, I, you know, I, I think. Um, I, I mean, I, I don't. I, I think it's going to take. Probably 92 wins to get into the playoffs, um, uh, which I think means after tonight the Padres, depending on, they, I think that that leaves them with eight, eight more to go. If they win today, that would leave them with seven. So, uh, and, but I'm, I'm not even sure that's going to be enough. But I, but I think that's like where you can start baselining it. Um, yeah, uh, I haven't looked too closely at the other teams' schedules. Uh, I know for the Padres. Um, you know, dropping three out of four in St. Louis was pretty disappointing. Um, they seemed to—I mean, they, they came out and played great against the Dodgers uh, um, last night, uh, and and then they come back here for three with the Reds and four with the Cubs. Um, you know, I like I like the chances in both of those series because since he seems to have things pretty well in hand in their in their race. And uh, the Padres have had pretty good success against the Cubs this year. They actually uh, took, they swept a four-game series out in Wrigley uh, a couple months ago. So having them come here for four, uh, you know, your nightmare scenario is that they've got nothing left to lose and they're going to try and return the favor. But I, I uh, you know, I, I like I like the chances in that one. And then, of course, the season ends with a three-game series in San Francisco. So. Uh, yeah, which, I mean that will be. Who could have imagined that that would have implications? But yeah, I, and I guess that's one of those instances where, as a as a a fan, uh, you know, with a you know with something at stake, that's probably not quite as exciting to you, um, or the you know the excitement that it provides may not be the sort uh, that would appeal to you, but uh, certainly for a neutral supporter like myself. Uh, that'll be, you know, hopefully it'll make for some great, uh, some great viewing. Oh, it's great for baseball, yeah. Yeah. Now, okay, so, so that those are some thoughts on, you know, the team uh, as it is now and what might happen in the near future. Sure. Um, you know, maybe before I let you go here, though, I'm curious about the uh, the future, future, right? Uh, you know, starting this uh, next off season and, and into next season, because, you know, at a certain point, if they had been in the position. Uh, if you know if they'd been in anything but first place, you know you could have you could have imagined them uh, getting rid of Adrian Gonzalez and Heath Bell, sure. right? And obviously, yeah. while they were doing that, they would have gotten some talent in return. How much, uh, you know, exactly how much? It, it, we don't necessarily know, I and mean, we can maybe tell by, you know, by some of the trades that have been made, um, you know, up to this this year's uh, trade deadline. But I guess, like, you know, th- the point is that. They're probably in the long run. It's not that they've jeopardized their future or uh, mortgaged it, but but you know they don't have the same influx of talent that they would have otherwise. Um, now, do you do you see them as sort of are they peaking early, or do you sort of see Jed Hoyer as having a a plan in place that's going to direct this team after this year too? 
Well, I'm oper- I, I, I can't speak to what I've seen, but I'm operating under the assumption that Hoyer has a plan um, for beyond the season. Um, you know, he, he, I just I haven't seen enough of his work to, to know exactly what he's got in mind, but uh, he uh, he's obviously worked with some pretty talented people and, and uh, held his own with some pretty talented people. So I, I, I guess I, I would say, uh, in as much as I have faith in anything, I have faith in him. Um, uh, as far as as far as the influx of talent that might have come in 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 you know a trade with Gonzalez or Bell, uh, I I think it's 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 really nice to be in this situation. I mean, it's weird, but it's nice um, because uh, you have to understand that a lot of after the last couple of years, people people have been pretty down on the Padres here in town, and and um, it, it, so it's good to see that kind of. Uh, the winning sort of helping some of that along. At the same time, I, yeah, I don't think they've really sacrificed anything in terms of the couple of moves they did make, going out and getting uh, uh, Ryan Ludwig and Miguel Tejada. They really didn't give up too much in either of those deals. Um, this off season, yeah, the big the big things are going to be, uh, you know, what are you going to do with Ryan Ludwig, uh, who's arbitration eligible? Do you bring him back? Uh, and of course, the huge one is. Uh, Next year's Adrian's walk year. Um, do you pony up for a long-term deal, or what do you do? Um, you know, hopefully the financial situation will be a little bit improved for the team. Um, the farm system is in relatively good shape. Uh, it's it's not spectacular, but it's pretty solid. Um, it's it's better than it was a few years ago. Um, yeah, you have uh, what do you have, Jeff Decker? Yeah, yeah, Decker. Decker's probably the best um, position prospect, and there's a couple other guys down there. There's a, a third base prospect, a couple of third base prospects, uh, a guy named Darnell, and then further down there's Edinson Rincon. Um, you know, uh, Logan Forsythe was a third baseman. He's over at second now, and you got Simone Castro on the mound, and, and there's there's some other. Lesser, lesser known quantities that are, you know, maybe not as impactful, um, but but that uh, that could provide some value in a supporting role. Um, Corey Lubke, he's a left-hander who's been up uh, September helping out in the rotation. Right, and actually, he's so, uh, pitched rather well, I believe, in the recently. Yeah, yeah, he he had a rough first outing, but he's been pretty solid since. Or actually, he. Yeah, well, well, one out of three ain't bad. Anyway, but he, you know, he's 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 got pretty good stuff, and uh, you know, seems to know what he's doing out there. So, um, yeah, I, I I'm really curious to see what exactly he does because I, the big the big thing really is going to be what are you going to do with Gonzalez because um, a lot of dominoes fall depending on the answer to that. Right, um, and do you have you a? Know, uh, uh, I mean, do you have a preference whether to retain him or not? Uh, well, you know, uh, I'm going to weasel my way out with that as I do most things on uh, by saying it depends on the cost. Right. Okay. <laughs> it depends on the terms of the deal, and actually, not so much the cost, but the length of the deal. Um, you know, tying up a first baseman, e- even one that's as good as he is, and that and that has, I mean, the obvious local ties. He's he's really, you know, there haven't been many guys like him in this franchise's history. Um, you know, you had your Tony Gwynn and your Trevor Hoffman, and he's kind of the next guy in that line. Um, he obviously hasn't been here as long, but he's he's from San Diego, so there's kind of more at stake with him than there would be with uh, really anybody else who put up equivalent numbers. Um, and uh, 
years wise, boy, I don't know. I I think if it's like six years or under, I'd probably be okay with it. And right. I'm just making that up off the top of my head, but that's my guess. Uh, more than that, you start getting those albatross contracts at the end of the deal. That that if you're a smaller mid market team, it's just you know we went through this with Ryan Klesko and Phil Nevin and some other guys that I'm I'm probably forgetting. Um, and and it's just you can't do anything with those. Um, like like in the case of Nevin, they ended up trading him for Chan Ho Park because Texas didn't want to deal with that contract. So it was kind of like, well, I'll give you this guy for that guy. All right, all right, great. Right, right, right. Um, so you know, not not to put Adrian Gonzalez in that in that category, but you just you know six seven years out. I mean, that's so far away. You just have no idea. I mean, you can you can deal with probabilities all you like, but you just really have no idea what's going to be going on at that point, both in terms of the player's worth and in terms of what the market's going to be like at that time. So. Right. Well, listen, uh, Jeff, it is uh, currently now the bottom of the eighth in that same game we were talking about. Your Padres still uh, own a 3-1 lead over the Dodgers, and uh, I'm going to let you go now and watch the uh, remainder of that game, and I wish uh, you and your pods the best of luck. Thank you for joining us uh, on Fangraphs Audio. My pleasure. All right. Well, thank you. And uh, yes, as I've said once again, uh, I am Carson Stooley, and this has been Fangraphs Audio. Mm-hmm.